KXNO. Ken Miller, Trent Condon. They are Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Good morning. Welcome in once again. Miller and Condon on the air with you here. A Friday edition. Trent Condon on the other side for me. It's Emery Songer in Yo. for the second consecutive day. What's up, Trent? Oh, everything is going on right now. Spring practices coming to an end. We'll talk some Hawkeyes and Cyclones today. Certainly want to get your perspective, a different perspective on these teams. And Mm -hmm. we got the long summer in front, predictions, ideas, what we think of these teams. Certainly going to change during that time as we lead up to next football season. Opinions change. What? Just a little. No. You you can evolve with opinions. One thing, you know, you talk about some of the national guys. We were uh, here watching Tony Kornheiser. He was on first take this morning. Yeah. I'm a big Kornheiser fan. Love him. Love and I think him. one of the reasons is he is one of the people that is willing to say, I was wrong. I was wrong about things. There are so many people, speaking of first take, the Stephen A. Smiths of the world, guys like that, Colin Cowherd, he can be a guy that at times takes an opinion and won't change from won't evolve from it. Isn't that what we're supposed to do? Well, the reason he doesn't want to do that is because that, that's admitting that he, th- he thinks he's wrong. Right. You know? yeah. and, and I love preseason predictions and it is like the lottery if you get it right yeah you know right so like sticking with your early opinion of something i understand the value of that but it trying to talk yourself in like you have to basically talk yourself into it so last year before the nfl season my super bowl pick i had the la rams beating the jacksonville jaguars in the super bowl you got half right that's i was, I was i was pretty close yeah but after week two the Jaguars had beaten the Patriots, yeah, yeah. and I was like, oh, my goodness, sign, sign me up, right? Well, by week six, I was like, okay, I'm in trouble here. That was terrible. Yeah, the Rams still hadn't lost, but the Jaguars were, were showing signs of being just a bad football team, yes. right? So, I mean, at that point, I was just like, okay, I'm throwing the towel on, on the Jaguars, and I moved to different teams, and I never got it right because I just don't ever want to pick New England. But that's the idea, though, is that it's more fun – you know, when you make a bracket, it's fun to get your whole bracket right. But yeah. it's also fun to make those second chance brackets after after the first round, right? You get the Sweet 16 and then you go from there. Well, this year I got the Final Four, three of the four, and I was an overtime away from being four for four. Dude. I, I felt really good about it. And if Kentucky would have got it done against Auburn, I would have been perfect four for four. The last two years before the season began in college basketball, I have given our listeners national champion. Villanova at 26-1 to two years ago. Season ago, I gave Virginia before the year twelve to one. People just listen to me; it'd be in good shape. Yeah, twenty six yeah. to one, twelve to 12, one. Twenty six to one would be a hefty, hefty payout. It's a tasty one. It's a tasty. Well, speaking of sports wagering, we're getting closer and closer to it becoming legalized. We talked yesterday. Step one uh, is done, and we wait till next week when the second part of it will go off to the governor. She'll sign it, and we'll be. We'll be good to go, right? Off and running, baby. Oh, it's going to be I'm awesome. not exactly sure how long it'll take. I know the Prairie Meadows, we talked about this yesterday, mm-hmm. they already have renovated everything with just the idea that this was getting done. Yes, I know Wild Rose has done the same. Right. Uh, they're ready to go. They a couple of tweaks, but everything is quote-unquote ready. Yeah, it's just a matter of like how each place is going to roll it out. Mm-hmm. And like you said, it's probably going to be a nice soft rollout. They might be ready to go by like the Stanley Cup or NBA Finals, but you're probably going to see a lot of baseball bets, mm-hmm. maybe taking a little bit of futures, but then a huge push 
within the first couple of weeks of the football season, I would bet. So you uh, do some work out at Prairie Meadows. I do. And, and with that, I've gone out there for the Derby. I made some bets that day. Just gone out. Never even, so fun, man. Yeah, I've never stuck around for the actual race. Oh. But, but I've been there. I mean, it was wall to wall. I want to say it was early afternoon, 1, 2 o'clock, and it was shoulder to shoulder getting through there just trying to get a couple of bets I'm, in. Okay, so last year was my first year actually being there for Derby Day. Mm-hmm. This year I'm working Derby Day. So oh, I'll nice. be I'll be doing television television handicapping talking about all of the races at Prairie Meadows cuz they open up for the first time on Derby weekend. So mm-hmm. Friday, Oaks Friday and then Derby Saturday are their first two race days. So I'll be over there with John Hernandez working the TV. So I'll get a chance to see it from the other side of just kind yeah. of seeing I'll be there all day long and I'll be seeing the people kind of flow in, but you're right. It is a people madhouse. By 2 o'clock, people are parking in the grass because there's no right. spots in the lot. People are parking at Adventureland. They're wearing the hats like they're in Kentucky. <laughs> I mean, it is a party out there. It is a fun, fun atmosphere. And it'll be interesting to see because it's always been all horse racing simulcast in that right. fourth floor. It'll be interesting now that they have like a fully functional bar up there, uh, You know, improved concessions. They already still have the restaurant up there on the fourth floor mm-hmm. as well. Different television setup with the sports gambling that they're hoping to have. Probably not going to be fully ready by Derby Day in a couple of weeks, but you never know. Right. But it's just going to have a different feel to it when you're up there. And then hopefully we get a beautiful day outside because then the apron is full of a ton of people as well dressed in their seersucker suits and (laughs) the the big old hats. You know, I... It's one of those sporting days where it is literally my, one of my favorite days of the year. So, are you? Do you have your suit ready? Do you have something special planned? You got a, I got a derby that you're going to be wearing? My hat. Something? You know, the derby hat. I think is just out of style right now. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, John bring it back. John you and, can bring it back. John. John wanted to to bring it back, and I was just like, I just got to go a little bit more outlandish than well, that. You got a good set of hair. You don't want to. You don't want to cover that up. I know what it is. You know. Yeah, if you got it, you flaunt it, right? You, you and Alex both, you know. I yeah, see right. you guys walking around here with your flowing locks, and I you just, know, I and, just got the ball cap on. Yeah, and it's just like you know, you, you just have to let people know sometimes. Yeah, you yeah. know, it's like John the Derby hat. Maybe like forty years ago, I'd wear a Derby hat. Right now, I mean, I just got like this. This is a rarity in, in male anatomy these days. It is to have just this strawberry blonde of just gorgeousness <laughs> sitting on top of your head, right? No, I got I got a, a couple of tricks on my sleeve. I don't have a big wardrobe of fancy clothes, right? But I'm not opposed to, to going out. Yeah, exactly. Right. I, I've never needed it, but I'm not opposed to going out and making an occasion out of maybe a day that I think yeah. I'll be seen by a lot of people. So I might be wearing a little bit some some. Go go to the costume shop. You can get a Dumb and Dumber. Get a bright orange <laughs> Lloyd Christmas looking style. That'd be a good look for you too. Uh, yeah, I don't know. On Derby Day when we're telling people what to bet on, I, right, don't, right. I don't know if that's exactly guy. what we're trying to have the connotation of, right? Well, speaking of horse racing and sports wagering, coming up in the 11 o'clock hour, Chris Andrews is going to join us, a longtime friend of mine. I've known Chris for almost a decade now, going back to his days when he was working in Reno as, as the sports book director there. He is at the South Point Casino. He's been there now four years and uh, running the sports book. You hear him if you're a big fan of Beeson, Brent Musburger's uh, network of gambling talk that started a couple of years ago. A great idea. Yes. I've been able to appear on their shows before. It's always fun when I get out to Vegas. When you're pulling out 26-1 to 1 shots well, at the beginning yeah, of a season, yeah. why not, man? Jeez. Well, I was out there last year before the Iowa-Wisconsin game. I felt very, very strongly that I was going to win that game. They were a three-and-a-half-point dog, I think, it was with the closing line on that one. The late touchdown by Wisconsin made me a loser on that bet, and 
And can't win them all, man. They can't win them all, but dude, if you're batting even, when you're 50, hanging out on Musburger's show, you want to be right. You want to be right, but if you're 55 percent, though, well, right? Yeah, like if you're hitting 55 percent in sports betting, that's unbelievable. That's like hitting 33 percent of winners at the horse track. Yeah. If you can hit 33 percent of winners at the horse track. I mean, You're sign some scratch. you up, right? That is, that is an unbelievable clip. I had a day where I was working out there last year. The quarter horses were going on. Mm-hmm. It was an eight race card. I hit six of eight correct, and I was geeking. Out. Oh, I bet because like you you pick with confidence, but you just know you are going to lose a lot of these. Like you are going to lose more than you win. Sure, it's horses. Like there is no real system to getting it right. People have been trying for hundreds of years, and that's part of the fun, right? Yeah is because the underdog, a lot of times, will just come out of nowhere and surprise you. Mm-hmm. I hit six out of eight that day. And I, for the next week, I don't even remember where I was. I was just like, this is the, I, I'm, I am like a Greek god, right? <laughs> I got six, uh, you know, of course, the next time I went out there, I went like one for nine. But, you know, yeah. that doesn't matter, no, right? No, like, I went those six for eight, yes. right? You remember the great days like that? I had a day this year in college basketball during conference tournament. It was conference tournament Saturday. I went, I bet a lot, I went 22 and five. Twenty-two and five. I, I bro. I will remember that day forever. Bro. Every single. I would late get that clock. tattoo oh, on yeah. my arm. Late clock situation. Free throws at the end. Miss buzzer beater. It was to, all going right. A seven-point game, and somebody hits a layup to make it five, and I got five and a half. You know, those kind of things just continually are happening throughout the day. You remember those days, but you also remember the bad beats. And there's always the bad beat. Well, that, yeah, the bad. That, that, that's that's what scares you out of the sport. The yes, bad beats. Yes. You know, it's just like. You know, that's why I'm always, I love the parlays because then yeah. I, you know, even if I get a bad beat on a parlay, I was just like, well, you know. There's a couple bucks out there. Yeah, it, it was just a few dollars on the line for me that I was, what could have turned into 50 for me yeah. later, right? That's, that's why I played the very safe game train. I am not as ballsy as you are when it comes to this stuff. <laughs> well, I'm not exactly ballsy myself. I am, but... I am very gun shy when it comes yeah. to like, I, I, I did the Super Bowl, right? Uh-huh. And I did a couple of different things to try to save myself in the Super Bowl. And of course, I didn't want to pick New England. So I was just destroyed by the end of it. But mm-hmm. at the same time, I, I hit the under so hard. Oh, I was under, under, shape. under. And I was like, look, I can still say I won the Super Bowl, yeah. right? I mean, I was minus money-wise by the end of it, but guess what? I won the Super Bowl. The, the one thing that I knew, I knew it well. Yeah. And I bet on it, and you can you show that ticket. You're good. Yeah, it was the I had, uh, you know, of the 18 tickets I had, I had one winner, but it was all good, man. Uh, the joys of a sports wagering. We'll talk a lot about that with Chris William, uh, Chris uh, Andrews coming up here about 11.20. He's going to stop by. Dylan Mont's also uh, 11.40. Normally, we do our Claxons giveaway late in the show. We're going to do it late here in hour number one, though. So if you're looking to get in, win yourself some barbecue from Claxons, make sure to uh, be listening here about 10.45 or so. We will get into that. Your chance. We're going to have four games this weekend uh, coming up. A little baseball, a little hockey, a little NBA Different flavor here for uh, the games and a lot going on. We'll get into that. And you know what? I might have to throw the Iowa Wild in there. Well, Iowa Wild. First yeah. playoff appearance in franchise history. I mean, it's a relatively short. I mean, it's yeah. the fifth year, five years of, of being here. But they had to scrounge, and they got lucky. The Minnesota Wild got knocked out of the yes. playoff race. A few of the young guys got sent back down. Mm-hmm. And a three-game winning streak to clinch a playoff spot. AHL playoffs in Des Moines. What do you think of that format? You know the the two three where the, where the where the lower seed gets the first two at home. Personally, I don't like it. I mean, that's I, tough. Man. I would hate for a top level professional sport for this to happen. I'm of the belief, and it's a recent, but it happened recent, like within a few years ago. It, like Major League Baseball experimented with yes. the five game series where they went two three and changed it back 
immediately because it's just a bad idea. I have no reason that I've never been a proponent. I've always hated the two-three-two format that you see a lot of times in seven-game series. Right. I'm, my opinion and belief is if you have home court, home field, home ice advantage, whatever it is, that you should never quote unquote trail in the series. If it goes according to home field, mm. that you should never be behind in the series. And in the two-three-two format, you're facing two elimination games as the better seed, as the team with home court, home yeah. ice, whatever it right. may be. You go home for game six and seven, down 3-2, if the home teams win those first five games, I don't believe that happens. Now, because of travel, we are talking about minor leagues and cost is important. Correct. You certainly understand it. You get it, why they do it at this level. So because of that, I don't have a big problem overall with it. Yeah, but Trent, uh, here's the thing. They changed the format for the USHL playoffs, too, with with the Buccaneers this year, right? And now six teams instead of four in each conference made the playoffs. So those are eight-team conferences, 16-team league. They used to have just the top half. The four top teams in both sides got to the playoffs. Well, they expanded that to the top six in each side. And the first two teams got a bye. It works exactly like the NFL playoffs do now. But instead of doing like a regular playoff series would, where the top seed gets you know in a best-of-five typically, Games one and two will be the higher seed. Games three and four will be the lower seed. And then game five, if necessary, would be the higher seed hosting the winner-take-all game. Well, what they've changed is the first round is just a best of three. So first to win two. Mm -hmm. And the higher seed hosts all of the games. I kind of like that, too. But that saves saves your problem there. It's like you reward the higher seed and just say, look, you make the playoffs, lower seed team. Congratulations. But here's the deal. You made the playoffs. You got to go on the road and win two from the higher seat. Prove that you belong here. I think that's a better idea than I mean. And I love that the Iowa Wild are right, hosting right, two right. games. Don't Brad, get me wrong. Wild about this. It's, it's the format. Yeah, it's just yeah. it would make more sense if Milwaukee, if we were going to do the, do it like this, that Milwaukee would host two games. Then we come to Iowa for, for two, two games, and then, the- and then if we have to go to a game five, and I don't know how often it would even get to a game five. Sure. But if we do, then we can make that trip back to Milwaukee, and I think that would be worth it because that would make way more sense for the higher seed to get rewarded for being the higher seed. But, it, I mean, Milwaukee won the division well, and the, or almost won the division. They're yeah. the second seed. They had a great season, and now they are staring at a very real possibility. They could be down 2-0 and up against it by the time they ever play a playoff game on their home ice. And have to win three straight. Three straight games. How hard is it to win three straight games at all anyways, even in the regular season? Against another playoff team. Against a good team. Yeah, you're, you're not taking on garbage teams. You're taking on playoff teams. So, yeah, it's a format that I don't personally like, but, hey, for the Wild, Get these first two games. Get, grab the first two. <laughs> yes. Hey, it's almost a gift that you were the lower seed in the first round, right? Yeah. Yes. Because they're playing good hockey. Again, after an eight-game losing streak, they win three in a row to get into the playoffs for the first time ever, get a week to heal up, and then they get two at home on their home ice, and you don't think that place is going to be packed oh, and yeah. loud on Sunday afternoon? I know it's Easter, but I think a ton of people are going to show up mm-hmm. and have a nice Sunday afternoon outing there. I'm going to be there. It's going to be a great time. And you win that first game. Don't let them win the second game, Milwaukee, right. because then all of a sudden you've got to go three straight on your home ice against a team that has won at that point would be five games in a row and feeling really confident. Might be looking to make my way over there Tuesday. I think that's uh, maybe on my agenda. Tuesday going to be hosting uh, hosting the Fanatics. Me and Chris going to be Ooh. bouncing around. Uh, when, Tuesday and Wednesday, I think, next week. I'll awesome, be, man. I'll be in for Ross as he's going to be off those two days. So 
Yeah. Tuesday night would be the game three of the Buccaneers series oh, as well. So you, we would have, we will have, that, and they're go best. Hockey Town. Yeah, they go best best of five in this round that they're in now. So they're playing the best team, the Tri City Storm. They're in Kearney, Nebraska tonight for game one. Game two is tomorrow. And then next Tuesday night in Urbandale, Buccaneer Arena would be game three of their series as well. So you'd have two playoff games, hockey playoffs in the Des Moines area mm-hmm. at the same time. I mean, that's gonna, if you're a hockey fan in Iowa, that is a tough choice you have to make. Well, it's funny because Ken, huge hockey guy. I mean, born and raised in right, Winnipeg, yeah. uh, loves his Jets and just loves the sport of hockey. And normally we just don't talk much hockey because there's so much going on. But right. this time it is prevalent. And of course he's gone right now and we're talking Poor about kid. it. But <laughs> last night, uh, thank you to Ken Miller. I won on the Blues as they were down 2 nothing. because one thing Ken had mentioned to me in the few minutes that we talked during the course of the season, just how awful the Winnipeg Jets have been in third periods and holding leads here, especially over the last month, month and a half. So what do I do? Get online, flip on, see the live line, plus 325 for the Blues to come back and win this. I jump right on that. They were down 2 nothing. 2 nothing. They get a goal right away. I mean, Within two minutes. Yeah, two minutes into the third. So here we go. It's uh, settled in. And then the game winners, you heard in the update, 15 seconds left. I was just watching the game, and I want collapse. Winnipeg to win. I want Winnipeg to win. I don't I do like. Too. I don't for like Ken. the Blues. It, well, not even just for Ken. Yeah, forget Ken. <laughs> uh, I mean, sorry. I, yeah, for Ken. Yes. Uh, yeah. No, I want Winnipeg to win because just generally they haven't seen a lot of success. They made the Western Conference Finals last year, but they are a good team. They have a lot of talented players. Patrick Line is one of my favorite players to watch. Yeah. He's playing with like Blake Wheeler. He's an excellent player as well. I mean, I, I could go on and on. Shifley. Shifley yeah. as well. This this collapse last night, this is the fourth time, I think they said last night in the broadcast, fourth time in NHL playoff history that the first five games have been won by the road team. Wow. St. Louis won games one and two in Winnipeg. Then the Jets went down to St. Louis and won games three and four. And then game five, the Jets come back, or the Blues come back from 2 nothing down in the third period. And with 15 seconds left, cash your check there, there pal. That was... Uh, a good one. Thank you to Ken for the, the tip. That's see, a heartbreaker, when, though, for when Winnipeg. You, when you listen, see, you can make money on it. That's that's what we're and You just got to be able to adjust your point exactly. of view, right? Exactly. That's what you have We've to do. just brought this all full circle. Full circle. Look at that. Radio pros right here. Every Trent in today. It's Miller and Cotton as we continue. Coming up on the other side, the Iowa basketball Big Ten schedule has been released as the Big Ten as a whole. The double plays, who you play twice, who you play home and away. We're going to get into that with Tom Caker from HawkeyeReport.com. Spring football, putting a cap on things with Tom, what he has heard, what he has seen on that front. This week, it was Ken O'Keefe talking uh, with the media over in Iowa City, along with the wide receiver coach, Coach Copeland. So we'll talk a little bit about those position groups, quarterbacks and wide receivers, and a whole lot more. Tom Cakert is going to join us. Before we get the break, though, it's time once again for... What do you got for us, Emery? Get it all! Super! S-U-P-E-R is the word. Super! Text to 200-200 right now. Your chance to win $1,000 cash presented by EKG Golf and 1460 KXNO. That word again is super. Super to 200-200. Standard message and data rate supply. Coming back on the other side, we're talking Hawkeyes with Tom Caker at HawkeyeReport.com. We continue Miller and Condon slash walk. Streaming live from coast to coast on iHeartRadio, this is 1460 KXNO. Welcome back. Miller and Connick continues. Emery Sonner in for Ken Miller here today. Ken will be back with us on Monday. He is enjoying the nightlife of Vegas. Well, 
Maybe that's a, a step too far. I, I don't know how much nightlife Ken Miller enjoys anymore at 60 years of age. You think he, he's out partying in the clubs? Man, if I, I he looks good, man. He like, does. Like, he does. If he gets dappered up and he's got like a, a blazer on or something, I mean, I wish he would have just invited me. Oh, I mean, yeah, I, yeah. I really appreciate you having me on in his stead. I mean, this is fun, but Vegas I mean, I, is more fun. I, I would, you know, yeah. Vegas. Yeah. Uh, right. Train, it's nothing personal. It's just. Goes without saying. Just goes Vegas, saying. you know? Like, well, our, our next guest also enjoys Vegas. He's Tom Cakert of HawkeyeReport.com. He is over in the Quad Cities, though, not in Vegas right now, though. I know, Tom, you're very excited. We're getting closer and closer to sports wagering being legalized in our fine state. How are you today? Yeah, I'm good. And I'll have the advantage of I can kind of pick and choose, too, because I'm uh, literally probably 10 minutes away from the Joomers Casino in Rock Island, Illinois. Uh-huh. So. Mm. So Illinois, they're a little further away though than we are. Am I correct on that? I think so. I think so. Somebody had told me they're they were getting close, but then I looked it up and I was like, yeah, they're not that close. Yeah, what you, what you want to do is you want to you know pump it into the Iowa machine, right? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, and I, I've got a actually a friend who uh, uh, is in charge of the. Uh, the, the main casino uh, on the Iowa side. So uh, we'll see. Yes. It's getting... we, we got to win that race is what it sounds like. <laughs> beat, beat, beat those people just, on the just, other just, side of the just, border. Yeah. Just beat yeah. those Illinoisians. <laughs> you know, Tom, with that, it, it's funny. I've I've listened to you on your podcast. I know you got a lot of Illinois friends being over there. You know, here in central Iowa, Illinois, the Iowa-Illinois rivalry, it's just a non-entity. It just it doesn't matter. Now, a part of that is Illinois football hasn't been really relevant outside of a blip here and there over the last 30 years. Uh, the basketball team obviously has fallen on hard times compared to what they were. And I will also taken a step back basketball-wise. I think that rivalry still in the Quad Cities. How important is the Iowa-Illinois rivalry? We know here it's Iowa-Iowa State. What's it like for the Iowa-Illinois rivalry in the Quad Cities? It's just not that important anymore. And it just it hasn't been for a long time. And you know, part of it is um, you know, Illinois campus is three hours away. Mm-hmm. It's just not that, not that big of a deal. Uh, and it's just, it's strange. I mean, there's, there's pockets of, in the Illinois fan base is pretty hardcore, but they are, uh, a, really a big minority here in the Quad Cities. I mean, it's just, it's not as, uh, you don't see it as much. You don't see the orange and blue out there on a Saturday or, you know, whenever. You just you just don't see much from Illinois fans at all. Well, with that, Tom, I want to get into a couple of different things here with you today on the here and now, and spring football certainly at the forefront of things. But before we get into that basketball, Big Ten released their schedule, at least who you're going to be playing next season. The actual dates aren't out yet, but the double plays for Iowa and, of course, the teams that they'll play just three times at home three on the road, those single plays that are out there with the 20-game uh, Big Ten schedule. Overall, not the easiest draw it didn't look like for the Hawkeyes, but when you play 20 conference games, it's kind of going to go the par for the course for everyone. Yeah, you're going to get uh, you're going to get a tough schedule out of 20 games. There's just no no two ways about it. It's just, uh, you know, the home ones, Ohio State's going to be a lot better next year. Wisconsin, you know, is always tough. Uh, Rutgers, uh, came to Iowa City last year and won, so uh, gave mm-hmm. them tough games. I think that'll those will be uh, good games. And then 
the away games. Iowa never wins at Michigan State, <laughs> really. I mean, what's it, twice in like 30 years? Yep. Um, Indiana, uh, you know, they've, they've been able to win down there. So, and Northwestern, I think Northwestern's just kind of really struggling. But, the, you know, the rest are double plays, and we'll see what uh, what happens with the league. But Iowa, Illinois, twice. Maryland, twice. Michigan, you know, that's going to be good. Twice. Purdue, I think it's going to be pretty good twice. Minnesota. So good schedule. I, you know, and the non-con is going to be really good too, um, with a lot of uh, very competitive games. And, and it seems like Trent, you'll be happy less of those plus 300. It's looking that way. It only took nine years, but Fran McCaffrey's finally listening to me, Tom. (laughs) (laughs) Probably not the way that it's going. Yeah. Uh, Tom, the thing that I look at with Iowa's roster, I know that we are just a few weeks behind the 2018-19 season, but there was a lot of talk about the possibility of how young the Hawkeyes could that the Hawkeyes were and that they could be bringing back a large chunk of the roster losing just Nicholas Bayer to graduation, but the transfer of Macy Daly to Akron, Tyler Cook looking to go to the NBA, uh, Joe Wieskamp likely coming back, but he still puts his name into the ring for the NBA draft. So this is still going to be a very different-looking Iowa team, even with Wieskamp coming back. What can you kind of say is, I like, I know we're still months away from seeing this team on the floor, but, you know, after what was, I would still say, a successful 2018-19 season, if you told Iowa fans before the season what would have happened, they would have probably taken, without a doubt, the what the result was for Iowa basketball this past season. But how do you think that they're going to be stacking up here? Because it just seems to me like the expectations might still be to win 20, 21, 22 games, but I'm not sure looking at this schedule and seeing the changes that the the squad is going to be making next year without Tyler Cook, among others, that this team might be taking a, a little bit of a step back and might be fighting for their lives just to make the tournament. It's going to depend on, you know, kind of how the schedule shakes out, um, you know, when you play people and what, you know, what time of year and, and how many in a row and all that stuff. So I think we'll get that sorted out. But um, the roster, here's what I'd say. They don't have a guy like Tyler Cook that can jump in. At, and he's just a special athlete and uh, they don't have, but they can replace the production with Cordell Pencil, healthy, back, probably in the starting lineup, and Jack Nungy, uh, also available after a redshirt year. Uh, those two can, can jump in there. Uh, Daly, uh, they're going to have be taking the uh, uh, redshirt, obviously, off of uh, C.J. Frederick, and I've heard really good things about him as a shooter and a player. So um, I, I think they'll, they'll be fine there. You're adding Patrick McCaffrey. You got a little bit more of a change of pace guard coming in with Joe Toussaint. So um, I, I think they'll, numbers wise, they'll be fine. They just won't have that explosive athlete that we saw uh, from Tyler Cook the last three years. You know, and they put a lot on Cook's shoulders, a guy that could beat people off the bounce, and though he wasn't a great ball handler, because of his athleticism, that first step he could get by people. Who can fill that role? Who Who's going to be the guy next season? that late in the shot clock and you need to do something? Is it Isaiah Moss? Is it Wieskamp? Who on this roster do you think can do that, at least in a semi-consistent basis? I think it's probably Joe. I really do. I, I think that his time is, is coming up, and 
uh, he's got to emerge as as kind of the go-to guy, along with probably uh, um, you know Bohannon. I would think is probably a logical choice for that as well. Uh, Moss as a fifth-year senior. That's the thing that uh, you know Fran said he's putting together the toughest schedule he's ever had at Iowa, and it's because he's going to have a really veteran crew. When you look at Bohannon, Creener, Pencil, um, Luca, and you've got uh, Isaiah Moss. Uh, Nunji will be in his third year. You've got a lot of guys that have a ton of experience under their belt at the college level. So I think that's why he's kind of building towards this year. Uh, I'm going to be real curious to see, you know, the, the schedule could get a lot tougher if they're really paired with somebody higher up in the ACC or the Big East and those two, um, you know, one-off kind of events that they'll uh, be playing in again this year with the ACC Challenge and the Gavit game. Yeah, certainly the schedule is going to be exciting, and we're going to be keeping an eye on kind of how things shake out when that happens. But on the football side of things, spring football over in Iowa City, it's always just kind of interesting to me how seriously some people take spring practice and uh, the dates uh, spring practice, spring spring football games are kind of going out of style right now. But what can you say about just the overall morale for this team coming off of a solid season, uh, had a couple of little hiccups throughout the year, some question marks with some of the personnel decisions, two likely high first-round draft picks going into the NFL in tight ends, TJ Hawkinson and Noah Fant. But overall, you know, what's just kind of the overall team morale as Iowa looks to try to bounce out of what was, I think, is still a successful season last year. Yeah, I think it's it's been pretty good. Um, you know, I, there's there's still a lot of question marks. You know, who's going to play at tight end, and how deep is that position? You've lost sixty uh, percent of your receptions, and you know, close to sixty percent of the yards, and uh, a ton of touchdowns from last year in the receiving game. But this week was a lot of talk about uh, uh, Nico Ragani, who is a redshirt freshman, who is his second year on, on campus, really, because he was enrolled an early enrollee. And also uh, Tyrone Tracy, Jr., uh, those guys at wide receiver have really come along. There's a pretty decent buzz about Sean Byer uh, at tight end. But the depth is going to be a question mark. The offensive line seems to be coming together. Kirk's been pretty positive about his comments uh, regarding the development of the defensive line, which I think is probably the biggest question mark heading into the year because uh, I like the starting four, but we got to see what they have as far as depth because they were so deep last year and I think that really helped the defensive line. Uh, but uh, this year it's really those top four and then nobody else is taking a snap at the college level, uh, at the major college level. So it's a, it's a big uh, step up to get those guys ready to go. It, it really is. You mentioned the wide receiver group and a couple of those young guys um, t- looking to take over the slot position has been so good for Iowa over the last few years. With it, uh, Tom, though, when Copeland was talking, he, he mentioned Amir Smith-Marset and maybe a little disappointed him. Would that be a fair characterization? And, and if that's the case, is this a motivational pl- ploy or something deeper? Yeah, I think... They would like to see him take um, maybe a step in the maturity thing. Uh, and I think that's probably what he's getting at, that um, they want him to come to work hard every day and focus on that. And every guy matures a little bit differently. That was kind of one of the knocks on Akram Wadley for a few years. They just Details weren't there. 
And, um, and I think it's the same thing with, with Amir. And you saw what Akram did, you know, last two years of his career, he was really good. And, uh, you know, one of the more dynamic playmakers to wear an Iowa uniform in a long time. So, um, I, I think he'll get there. Um, you know, the other thing I, I didn't mention was the, um, talk of the, the star position or the yeah. cash or whatever we're going to call it these days, that, that fifth defensive back. And a lot of guys weighing in on that position. It seems like maybe DJ Johnson, uh, who's a redshirt freshman, might be in that mix. Uh, Ojemudia getting some looks. Uh, Matt Hankins. They've got some good depth at corner, so I think that's probably the most likely position where this uh, player comes from. Uh, I, you, when we talked about basketball, and you mentioned several players that you know we kind of maybe forgot about with like Cordell Pimsel and some of the red shirts as well that'll hop into you know varsity basketball for the Iowa Hawkeyes. It's a little easier to wrap your mind around that roster, but there's so many guys all along. You know whether it's red shirts, whether it's guys who are, are reserves, second, third stringers, you know, new recruits that are going to be joining the fray. Is there anybody who's stuck under the radar, like you know, beyond just the starters or battling for a starting position? Is there anybody under the radar below that that you think stock has risen quite a bit here in spring practice that you think the coaches really like, and you wouldn't be surprised to see them make an impact next year? You know, there's a couple of guys uh, that I kind of throw out there um, just along the uh, offensive line because um, I think that's that's a really important position and maybe we haven't talked about it. I mean, we've talked a lot about Tyler Linderbaum and I think he's going to be the center. They've been uh, putting uh, Mark Kellenberger at, at guard a lot and kind of lose track of him because he's got those solid tackles with Larrick Jackson and uh, Tristan Wurst. Uh, so you don't really think about Kallenberger uh, as a starter, but it wouldn't shock me if he jumps in there at uh, one of the guard positions this year and uh, and becomes a starter. It's just, it, it seems like they're kind of trending or at least toying with that idea. So um, he'd be a guy I'd keep an eye on. No spring game, no open practice this year, but autograph session tomorrow in a big baseball series for the Hawkeye baseball team with Nebraska coming into town. So, are you going to take Jack over there for some autographs and try to get a little more intel before the baseball game tomorrow? No, I don't think we'll be doing that. But, uh, um, you know, the, the the attraction there, Stanley's thrown out the first pitch. And, and uh, back in high school, uh, he could bring it. Yeah. 90-plus on the 90-plus mile-an-hour fastball. So uh, I think he's probably itching to get out there on the mound and uh, and uh, throw a heater out there to the uh, – to the catcher. I, I'm sure O'Keefe probably had a conversation and Ferentz saying, all right, go up there, just throw a nice, easy pitch across the plate. Don't need your quarterback blowing need, out his arm. We need out the, the first here. Yeah, we yeah, need the Ephus. Yeah. <laughs> Be bad news. he doesn't hit the umpires, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Good stuff. Hey, Tom, as always, good catching up with you. Thank you so much for your time. Okay, thanks, guys. Tom Caker, HawkeyeReport.com. Joining us here, Emery. Yeah. Iowa football, your spring prediction. How many wins? Nine. Nine and three team. Yeah. If they returned the four guys that left early, you had those four guys back this season. Eleven. They would be the prohibitive favorite to win the Big Ten West. And maybe? They wouldn't be far away from winning the Big Ten. Right. and I mean, it's it would be nip and tuck. That's how good I think... 
it would be. Yeah, but I mean, like I, I just look look at look the, forward. You know, I I look at everything here with with this team, and they're still a good team. Mm-hmm. Iowa always fields a solid football team, but Trent, we know that the the pollsters are not going to do them any favors unless they are blowing teams out, and there's always that. Purdue game, or there's yes. always that Northwestern game that catches them off guard, and they lose, and they shouldn't lose, but they do. And the next thing we know, we're just trying to salvage another Outback Bowl, right? Yes. Or, or, or maybe a Holiday Bowl or, or something like that, right? I'm not saying that this team isn't capable of that. I don't think anybody of us a few years ago would have said, oh, yeah, I was going 12-0. and I mean, that just doesn't no, sound no. like something that would happen, but they did it, and they made it to the Rose Bowl. Well, with that being said, you still have to have some level of realistic expectations. I'm not going to go through game by game, but it feels like a solid team to me. The Big Ten West is as wide open as I think it's ever been, yep. to be honest with you. And I I would say that if, if somebody gave me an 8.5 over under on the Hawkeyes, I'd lean the over. Lean over, and that's we'll talk to Chris Andrews about that. He always likes to be one of the first to get those over-unders out, out in Vegas. So uh, we'll talk to him and see where he's leaning right now with Iowa. Where are you leaning? Probably eight and four. I'm but around to... there, right? Yes, yeah. And the road schedule: Iowa State, obviously, this year is on the road. They go to Michigan, to Northwestern, to Wisconsin, to Nebraska, and that doesn't even mention the home games that they have. You know, Penn State, Purdue comes in. Purdue's had their number the last couple. Yeah, of when years, you so... say when you when you say that road schedule, it's difficult. That hurts. This is not a 2015 schedule. No, for Iowa. no, and this is this certainly not a team that I think is going to win all of those games. No, no, or. I, and they lose at least two of those games. I think so. And I wouldn't be surprised if they lose in Ames. Now you lean Iowa back. State's a good team. Now you lean in under eight and a half. I, I mean, you you've made a compelling argument. I'm still going to stick with my nine for now because I still think this is a talented team. I think Northwestern takes a big step back. I'm not sold on Nebraska yet. I think Wisconsin is a very beatable team. Mm-hmm. You're, you're not winning at the Big House. I think Iowa State is ready to beat them. Yeah, but I, I'll stick with nine and three for now. Nine and three. Nine and three is the number. All right, with that. We got to take a break, but before we do, it is time right now for you to get in your chance to win Claxon's gift cards. First place, we'll take four callers here. $35 gift certificate to Claxon's Smokehouse. $25 to our second place finisher. Just dial us up right now. 515-289-KXNO. I got that right? I don't know. I would be saying the WHO uh, number on accident right I, now. And I said it wrong. 284. Oh, 284. Yeah. 5966. 284-KXNO. Dallas up right now. We got four games for you to make your selections. You got the best uh, picks this week. You get yourself some Claxons gift certificates. We are picking a little NBA, mm-hmm. some NHL, mm-hmm. some MLB, mm-hmm. and even the AHL with the playoffs. Yeah, I love upon it. Us. That those will be our games. We'll give them to you coming up again. Two eight four five nine six six. We'll take our four collars. Claxons giveaway. It comes your way next as we continue. Miller and Condon on fourteen six. 24-hour sports anywhere in the world on iHeartRadio. This is 1460 KXNO. Trey and Emery Song are back with you as we continue KXNO. Till noon today, it's time to give away, well, not exactly money, but some gift certificates. Money! You, You like this one. Oh, I, 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 the last two days, you've just been cranking out hit after hit, my man. Trying over here. Man, over here. you are killing it. Well, it's it's normally when Ken's here, all pretty much Rolling Stones is about all he likes. What? Yeah, yeah, he doesn't exactly have the the widest ranging of taste. 
I, when the uh, Pixies were in town with yeah, Weezer, Weezer, yeah, I played a Pixie song. He's like, what, "What's this?" He's like, I don't know anything new. I, this, this came out thirty years ago, Kent. Swing it a bit. He doesn't know Pixies. No, no, no clue. No clue. Oh no, man, all. I went to that show by the way. They were awesome. Yeah, I wish I would have went. Got in trouble at home for that one. Asked my wife two different times, "Would you like to go?" And she's pregnant, mm. and she, and I wasn't sure how she. She's like, "Eh, nah, that's nah, fine." And then the night of the show. You've seen everybody that's there, all our friends on Facebook. Ah, uh, yeah. Why aren't we at the concert? This is I, why you just go, man. I asked you twice if you wanted to go. You said no. Make a memory and deal with her yelling at you later if she didn't want to go. Well, and then I was told, well, you need to ask me three times when I'm pregnant. Now I know. You know, this know. is just another reason why I don't want kids. <laughs> yeah, scary, scary stuff. All right, let's get into it. Claxton's giveaway. We're going to kick things off. We got Steve up first. He's ready to pick our four games. Steve, how you doing today? Good. How are you guys? Not too bad. All right, let me get my pen here so I'm ready to mark down your picks. We got NBA, we got baseball, we got hockey, a couple of different levels of it, and our uh, tiebreaker tonight. All right, here we go. Game number one, NBA playoffs tonight. Nick Nurse, the Iowan, and his Toronto Raptors. They're a five-and-a-half-point favorite on the road in Orlando. Raptors magic, who do you have? I'll take Orlando. All right, grabbing the points. Game two. Baseball, we're putting this strictly as a pick 'em. Mets at the Cardinals tonight. Cardinals. STL. Speaking of St. Louis, the Blues hosting the Jets tomorrow night. A possible clinching game for the Blues. Who you got with the Blues and the Jets tomorrow? Blues. And we finish up here in the AHL Sunday. Milwaukee here against the Iowa Wild. Who are you taking? With the home team. Owen with Iowa. All right, our tiebreaker is. Total home runs in baseball tonight. Friday night, total homers. Well, starting today with the Cubs and the Diamondbacks. Total homers tonight. Uh, We'll go 58. 58. Big number there. All right, Steve, we got you in. Our second caller up is Jeff. He's ready to roll. What's happening, Jeff? Good morning, guys. How you doing? Doing well. Raptors minus five and a half in Orlando tonight. We'll take Toronto. All right, game two, Mets at St. Louis against the Cardinals this evening. We'll do the Mets. Let's go to St. Louis again. They're hosting Winnipeg in game six. I'll do the Blues. And we finish up here with our picks. Iowa hosting Milwaukee in the AHL playoffs. Game one Sunday. Since I'm from Milwaukee, i got to go with my Admiral. Ah, there oh, it boo. is. Boo. <laughs> uh, Jeff's hearing it already over there for the peanut boo. gallery. Total homers tonight in baseball throughout the day, all six, 15 games. It's a full schedule, right? Full schedule, yep. I would say 28. 28 is the number. Good luck to you, Jeff. All right, thanks, guys. We go to our third caller here, working for the Claxons Smokehouse Barbecue gift cards. And let's go to Rick. What's happening, Rick? No, I'm not watching. Raptors. Nick Nurse, he's a five-and-a-half-point favorite with his squad in Orlando tonight. Uh, Toronto. Game two, Mets at the Cardinals this evening. Uh, Cardinals. Let's go to St. Louis again. Jets and the Blues. The Blues. And Milwaukee at Iowa HL game one playoffs Easter Sunday. Uh, Wild. One with the Wild. All right, our tiebreaker here this week. Total homers today in baseball. Uh, 30. 30 is the number. Good luck, Rick. Thank you. And our final Entry this week is Doug checking in. What's happening, Doug? Hey, how you guys doing? 
Can't complain. Fantastic. Emery, he's Great. smiling ear to ear over there. He's it's a Friday, man. Let's go. Toronto, the Raptors. I Probably the first time we've ever done the Raptors in one of these. They're in Orlando, and I think probably the first time we've ever done the Magic, too. Who do you got? Five and a half is the number. Magic. Magic going with the home team. St. Louis, the Cardinals. The birdies on the bat hosting the Mets. The Cardinals. St. Louis again, this time on the hockey side with the Blues hosting the Jets. Game six. J-E-T-S, Jets. <laughs> yeah, finally. There you go, Kenny. And we finish up, yeah, with Iowa and Milwaukee in the AHL playoffs on Sunday. The Wild. Yeah. The Wild. Tiebreaker, total homers today in baseball. 45. 45. Good luck to you, Doug. Thanks, guys. There it is, our Claxons Barbecue giveaway each and every Friday. We do it early. What do you got over there, Emery? I want to I want to play. You want to play? Yeah. I, can I win? No, no, you can't win. I can't, no, you can't but win. can I play? You can play. All right, let's play. I want to play. All right, all right. Who you got? Game one, Orlando plus five in the hook. Uh, I'm going to go with the Raptors. One with the Raptors. Laying the money. Mets, Cardinals. It's Jason Vargas against Wainwright, I think, is throwing. Yeah, yeah, tonight. I'm going to go with the Mets. One with the Mets. Vargas sucks. It, you know what? So, Wainwright's not that much better. That's true. That's true. Bl- this is the one I think is the most compelling. Blues, Jets. You told us earlier. Road teams won all five games so far. Do we get a game I'm, seven? I'm rolling with it. Game six goes to the Jets, baby. I hope you're right. I, I just game I, sevens are. Clear. I don't know. I don't know what the stat is. I haven't looked this up. If it's only happened four times, the first five games have all gone right. to a road team in the NHL ever. I don't know if it's ever gotten to six. And then with it, maybe seven. And then potentially seven. Right. Would right. the road team win every game of a seven-game series? That would be insanity. You would think that has never happened. I, if, we'll we'll if put it, our crack research team on that. If, if only four times it's ever happened that the first five games were reached, right. I would almost assure you that it's zero that, uh, it, to get all the way to seven. We could probably figure that out. I'll, I'll work on that. All right. And you got the wild, I'm sure. Well, absolutely. Of course. That's what I figured. What what do you think for homers? I think our guys are heavy. They are way heavy. I'm going with thirty on the dot. Thirty on the dot. I've wait. Been... Some one of the other guys picked thirty, didn't he? Yeah, he did. Twenty nine. Well, there was a twenty eight. This is like Price is Right. Go with one. Yeah, Closest without going over. Yeah, I I twenty nine. Twenty nine. I'm gonna go with twenty nine. I'm more like twenty two. I I think twenty nine. Twenty nine. It's a warm. It's it's warming it up warming in a little up. bit. It is you know, warming up. Yeah, I, I, I think fifty eight's crazy. Like, what's that guy on? Looking for a lot of pop here. Holy cow! Fifty eight. You know what it would take to get fifty eight homers? That's what? almost four every game. Not bad. I'd sign up for that. Be a fun night of baseball. It'd be crazy. We got another hour to go here. Miller and Cotta continues. Emery Songer in for Ken Miller. Coming up next hour, we'll go to Vegas. Chris Andrews. From the South Point Casino and Beeson. He'll be joining us also. Cyclone Talk with Dylan Mott. So we continue on. It's Miller and Condon on KXNO.